Good morning. This is the Daily Wrestling News for December 17th, 2020. I am coming to you live from Minutes to Bell Time Studios on the beautiful treasure coast of the Sunshine State. My name is Ryan Joy, and I am joined today by the senior NXT correspondent to the Essential Wrestling Podcast, Mr. John Smith. John, how are you this morning? Oh, man, my back's killing me from all that shoveling last night. I know you didn't have to do any of that down in uh, sunny Florida, but over here in Essex County, New Jersey, it's... uh... Still coming down, actually, outside the window. Yeah, about uh, 20 minutes before showtime, my my mother from upstate New York sent me a message that she had 30 inches, uh, and it was still coming. So good luck to everybody that lives in a in a snow state these these days. But it'll be nice if you have a white Christmas. Yeah, and just a word of advice. If you're going to put Icy Hot on your back, make sure it's all off your hands before you use the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> no further details needed. <laughs> All right. So today's show, uh, we have the ridiculously random non-wrestling audience needs to know you better question of the day. We'll kick off with that. But then we're going to jump into NXT and AEW from last night. Lots to talk about. Two, two good shows. Very good shows. Um, got a little bit of news to do. Trivia. And we'll get out of here. So... John, are you you sitting firmly in your chair with your cup? Here's your Andre cup. I am. Okay. Well, let me tell you right now, spoiler alert for the end of the show, your trivia today is all Andre the Giant WrestleMania trivia. So Oh wow. Okay. So I, I think I was I was pandering a little bit. I think that I, I'm hoping that you've you've studied Andre's WrestleMania history and you are ready to go. Uh, I'm as ready as I can be, I guess. Yeah. Well, I tell you this live on the show, so you have no time to Wikipedia. So. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. Let's uh, let's ring the bell and get the show on the road. All right. The ridiculously random non-wrestling audience needs to know you better. Question of the day is brought to you by Free Cake, the new album from the Black Cats. It's available now everywhere you listen to music, including Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Pandora, YouTube. Like I said, everywhere you listen to music. And John, today's ridiculously random non-wrestling audience needs to know you better question of the day is, what is your favorite holiday? Uh, this might surprise you, but I just love the 4th of July, man. The, I've always loved going out and doing the barbecue thing and then the fireworks and you know, the fireworks are right at the end of my street every year. The high school is like right around the corner. So we can just go to the to the little grassy patch at the end of the street and watch all the fireworks without having to be around everybody and do our own thing. I always loved Fourth of July. Now are the fireworks at the end of your street because you light them off yourself? <laughs> no, no. They the the big uh the town celebration is always on the fourth of July. It's never just it's never on the weekend here. It's always like on the day of the fourth of July. And you know, the, they do it out of the high school and they, you know, big 45 minute thing, like Walt Disney World kind of crap. So it's nice. Awesome. That's, that's, that's really nice. I, you know, it's like probably 80% of people. My favorite is Christmas. It's always been just a big deal in my family. Everybody gets together. Um, a lot of thankfulness. This year's a little, little tough um, because not everybody is getting together because of COVID and um, things like that. So, that's all right. We put a pause button on it. We'll exchange gifts in a couple months, and 
and uh, I'll be good with the world. So, all right, ready to talk some wrestling? I am. All right, we're going to start the show with NXT. Uh, and they started their show with a tag match. It was Gargano and Theory of the Way versus Kushida and Leon Ruff. Austin Theory used a modified flapjack to get the pinfall victory over Leon Ruff in 13.35. Nice to see Austin Theory getting a pin here. Yeah, that move was ridiculous. That was the one note I had here was his finisher. was like I didn't even know what was happening, and all of a sudden the dude's flipping over and face-planting. It was awesome. Yeah, the question is whether or not he'll be able to do that to somebody like uh, uh, Bronson Reed. <laughs> I think of yeah, that exactly. move he's going to he's gonna have to put a submission move in his arsenal. Right, right. Uh, Dexter Loomis was shown drawing from a perch. And later in the show, it was revealed that he is drawing an advertisement that he'll be the host for New Year's Evil. Uh, Wade Barrett quickly pointed out that the man doesn't speak, so how can he do that? Uh, John Smith, in your, uh, in your Loomis fandom, what, what do you think we're going to see out of Dexter Loomis as the host of the show? Uh, I haven't given that much thought yet, but the, my first thought is, um, you know, he's there's going to be a bunch of pictures flashed up on the screen, kind of like... Uh, like not cartoonish, but you know, it's going to be, you know, firefly fun housey, you know, the, like he's going to be explaining what's going on via his art and not via his, his mouth. So um, what, what Sammy Guevara used to do on dynamite during the picture in picture breaks is he would, he would hold up the cue cards, like the love actually movie and like, you know, have this so people could read, you know, a message from him or whatever. I have the, I have a feeling it's going to be like an advanced version of that where Loomis is drawing, you know, things. Right. Well, uh, that'll be interesting. That's like three weeks away now. So uh, January 6th. NXT played a series of video packages and interviews next. Uh, Tony Storm said that she ran Rhea Ripley out of NXT UK, and she's a different Tony now. Storm has no respect for Ripley anymore. Ripley would have an interview later in the show where she said that she isn't the same Rhea Ripley from NXT UK either, but Stor Tony Storm is the same piece of trash that she's always known. Meanwhile, Shotzi Blackheart says War Games is over, but the war continues. She broke Candace's arm, and now she'll break Candace's friend. So a lot of uh, a lot of words getting exchanged in the beginning part of the show. Um, we got payoff in matches here pretty soon, but uh, any of those promos stand out, John? Uh, not so much. I'm not. I'm not the biggest Shotzi fan, so you know the the howling and the tank and the over the topness and. She she's kind of like my Cody Rhodes of NXT. <laughs> I'm not sold on Shotzi yet. I am really sold on both Tony and Rhea. Um, and Tony's, I should mention, was like a pre-taped thing. At um, uh, Rhea's later in the show was not. I don't know if that's uh, they do that when maybe they're less confident with somebody as a speaker. But the Tony the Tony uh, video package I thought was very good. So. Um, all right, more to come on that as we get towards the end of the show. Um, I do want to ask you about this, though. Tomasa Ciampa defeated Tyler Rust in 12 minutes and 24 seconds with Willow's Bell, but Rust looked good in his debut, and Malcolm Bivens told Rust to pick himself up because he's a star. Ciampa invited Thatcher to ringside during the match, and while officials kept them apart, the feud appears to be far from settled. John, what did you think of Tyler Rust? 
I had no idea who this guy was, and you know, I'm sold on him now, man. Like I, I'm not too big on when a guy comes in and you know goes up against one of the top guys like Champa and takes him 12 minutes and yep. you know looks formidable. I'm not a huge fan of that because then it, you know, it typically doesn't work out too well. But I, I think it's going to work out well with this guy. I'm 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 anxious to see where it goes once he's you know, done with this, you know, initial gimmick to get him into the roster, you know? Yeah. Not very often does somebody, A, debut in a convincing fashion, or B, in, debut against Tomasa Ciampa. But he looked he looked really good. Um, and last, last week when you were raving about the Thatcher and Ciampa match from War Games, I thought this guy would be up your alley. So um, it was cool that they put put him in such a good uh, first match. So Absolutely. And uh, Tyler Rust, it's so, it's so funny. You know, Rust Taylor on the uh, on the independence, he actually has a match on New Japan Strong this Friday, which is kind of funny. It's just that New Japan Strong's pre-taped so far in advance he hadn't even signed with NXT yet. That's how quickly NXT has put him in the spotlight. So... I think that speaks volumes considering he was signed the same time as the Rascals. So fun. Exactly. Yeah. So prior to the Pete Dunn and uh, Kyle O'Reilly match, Oni and Danny came to ringside, but then Drake, uh, Drake Maverick and Killian Dane also came, which were, were just a reminder that their tag team name is Furry, Fury and Furry. <laughs> so uh, they attacked Oni and Danny from behind, and then Brazango got involved, and all the teams brawled to the back. Um, so yes, Fury and Furry. Uh, and then we had the Kyle O'Reilly and Pete Dunn match, and John Kyle used a version of Neither Roses finisher to get the pinfall over Pete Dunn in twenty two twenty. It was a top rope knee drop with Dunn draped over the bottom rope. O'Reilly will challenge Finn Balor on January sixth. Finn says it will be Finn O'Reilly the end. Yeah. I don't, I don't see Kyle O'Reilly taking that. I think they're going to have another barn burner of a match, though. Um, this this match between Dunn and Kyle O'Reilly I thought was better than the latter match they had, and that's not to take anything away from that match. It's just, you know, this – I guess the stakes were higher in this one, so they gave us a little extra, and, you know, I'm, I was very pleased with it. Yeah, and that less interference and things like that, too, so um, – but yeah, and I I think we still get done Balor at some point. Um, although I don't know, Karrion Cross is right there too, so so uh, who knows? But I, I'm hoping we get that Dunn Balor match because that that feels like like a, probably the more superior of the two. We already saw O'Reilly and and Finn. I don't know if they're gonna be able to top that. So Zia Lee is forced to torture Boa. Um, man, when they come back, they're going to be dominant. I mean, I don't know about Boa, but I think Zia Lee is going to be dominant. Yeah. Mike. I mean, these these packages are just, you know, I, I did not take her seriously at all. And now it's going to be like, I can't wait to see what she's about to do. Yeah, and there's a mystery person here, too, that's going to come back with them. So I think it's going to be a little... Um, Street Fighter faction, Mortal Kombat faction, or something like that. But uh, I, put, I put a note here at the end, watch out Caden and Casey, because I think that's probably stop one. Uh, 
Indy Hartwell used Candice's new trophy on Shotzi Blackheart during their match. That, of course, led to a DQ in four minutes, four seconds, and the way beat down Shotzi after the match. Nobody at all saved Shotzi Blackheart. So I know you're, you said you're not the biggest fan. I guess people like Ember Moon and Rhea Ripley and others aren't, aren't the biggest fan either. So. Carrying Cross squashed Desmond Troy, who previously was known as uh, Denzel Desjardins, in one minute and seven seconds, and then challenged Damian Priest for New Year's Evil. That match was made official. What do you think about that match? Um, I think it. They're just they're feeding him one big piece of meat before he goes after his championship again. He's gonna not squash him, but I think he's gonna handle priest at, at new year's evil i think it's going to be a fun matchup and yeah. uh yeah yeah it'll it i think i'm hoping it's good for both of them because priest although he hasn't really been winning he has been on an upward trajectory so i'm hoping that's really good for both of them we hear from isaiah swerve scott that he wants a rematch with jade Atlas, and that's going to be next week um also next week we're getting a very gargano christmas so that should be fun. Everise says they've requested last week's match to be stricken from the record books, so they still have their streak, and they told tell Goldberg to watch out, which I guess they're pretending that Asuka doesn't exist. So. Everise rules! <laughs> uh, said no one ever, actually. <laughs> it says Everise every time they, they finish a promo, though, now. I yeah, love right. it. So then in the final match, Raquel Gonzalez got involved by tossing Ripley into the ring post. Tony Storm followed up with Storm Zero for the pinfall in 1355. I can't tell if we're going to get Storm versus Shirai or if we're going to get Raquel versus Shirai at this point. It, it, you know, I think one of them's going to get New Year's Evil and then one should get the takeover or something like that. But um, Yeah, I think, I think Raquel gets New Year's Evil and I think Tony Storm might be the next champion. Hmm. Looks like they're building it up that way because if they had, if they had planned on it being Candace, that those plans are you know by the wayside for a little while with a broken arm, you know. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you say that because these two, Io Shirai and Tony Storm, have quite a history that dates back to the May Young Classic, as you well know from yes. trivia. <laughs> um, and so it would be interesting if Tony is the person who beats Io. And then they have that little chunk of history. Presumably, Io would graduate to the main roster at that point. And then now you have Tony Storm up two matches on Io, or at least two high-profile matches. And then somewhere down the road, five years, whatever, we're going to have Io Tony again, and they're going to bring all that history up. So, in the in the in the in terms of like you know a decade-long booking, that could be good. So that's NXT. Uh, John, what did you think of the show overall? Scale of 1 to 10. Scale of 1 to 10, I'll give it a like a solid 7. You know, I'm not going to yeah. – well, yeah, I mean, the, the matches were good, but nothing like blew me out of the water, and, you know, there weren't any huge surprises or anything. So I'm not going to give yeah. them, you know, a bigger score than they deserve. Yeah, I'd rank it uh, Dunn O'Reilly, number one, Ciampa, number two, and then the, uh, the the main event number three on the show. Okay, AEW Dynamite. So now 
we had a live discussion thread in the Mint Spell Time Facebook group. Um, a lot of activity there um, throughout the night. I was there in person watching, uh, as I am whenever they have a live show, I guess. But Hardy Party got the pinfall victory over Hangman Page, Silver, Reynolds, uh, when Hardy Party hit Gin and Juice, um, Alex Reynolds, in 1046. Uh, that was not the outcome of the match that I expected. Um, I really thought that Hangman would win that match. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, the, I, I, I chose uh, Private Hardy myself, but only because, like, you know, they're, they're more of a, they've worked together before. The other three were just, like, slapped together, you know? <laughs> Al wants to know why Martel yells into the microphone. He says it's so annoying. Uh, you know, I'll be honest, I probably do it, too, every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, MJF is carrying around a plaque for being named to the best performance list. Uh, Friedman gave Jericho a backhanded compliment for helping him earn the accolade. So um, we've got that big 12-man match coming up later in the show. But John, and news that I think you will be very interested in, and I can't wait to hear your reaction, is that AEW aired a cute video package to announce that Dustin Rhodes will now be the fourth most important Rhodes in the company because Cody and Brandy are having a baby. And how excited are you for that? Uh, the the demon spawn of Cody Rhodes. Now, good for them. I mean, I, I don't agree with with what he does on a business level sometimes, but you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shame somebody who just got, you know got pregnant or anything like that. You know, good for them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Congratulations to them. Uh, and that led right into the Cody and Helico match, which Cody won with a uh, Cody Cutter in 9:43. Um, and then Eddie Kingston came out to address his enemies, and by God, the first one, he, the first enemy was the the, uh, the big man upstairs, as Hulk Hogan would say. So uh, that was that was interesting. Uh, and then he named Archer, uh, Pentagon, Phoenix, uh, and they all came out. Archer came out, Pentagon, Phoenix came out, Pac came to the ring. So did Butcher and Blade, uh, and that'll lead to a match next week between Butcher and Pac. So it looks like there was a little bit of. Uh, Potential Archer Pac dissension. I wasn't listening to the commentary. Obviously, I couldn't tell, but uh, it looked like they got on the same page by the end of the segment. So. Yeah, I mean, they were just fighting over who got to beat Eddie Kingston up more than anything. <laughs> oh, well, at least they can agree that uh, he should get beat up. I guess I was wearing my Eddie Kingston shirt, and Eddie Kingston got a got a pretty decent pop before he told everybody to shut up with their cheers. So. <laughs> He doesn't care about any of that. I love Eddie uh, Kingston. He's my, he's definitely my favorite in AEW. He's a serious heel right now, but whenever they decide to switch him babyface, he's going to be huge. Like, yeah, uh, he's going to be he's going to be enormous. He's already getting cheered wildly as a as a heel. So, uh, the twelve man tag. Of course, it was supposed to be a fourteen man tag. My understanding from uh, people that listen to commentary is that Wardlow had some sort of family issue, so he was taking care of that, which. Unfortunately for Brandon Cutler, it took him out of the match as well. But Chris Jericho hit Griff Garrison with a bat. Hager used an F5, and Hager, uh, MJF, stood on the ring the apron and demanded to get tagged in so that he could make the cover, which he did without any effort. Um, after the match, Top Flight cleared the ring and challenged MJF and Jericho to a match next week, which was made official. So that's what we're going to get. 
Thunder Rosa had a backstage interview, but Britt Baker and Reba attacked, pouring water on Rosa and smearing Thunder's face paint. That was kind of a brutal uh, sequence. <laughs> Uh, I suspect we're going to get that match at one of the big shows coming up, the 30th or the 6th, but it hasn't been announced yet. So, yeah. uh, Max Caster used a boombox, allowing the Acclaimed to get a pin in 818. The Acclaimed challenged the Bucks to a tag title match for next week, and that match got made official as well. So the Acclaimed skyrocket. They make a di- their dynamite debut. They beat SCU, and all of a sudden they're they're fighting for the tag titles. Uh, don't see them winning, but we'll see if uh, we'll see how they come out of the match. Um, and the and a sub note: Frankie Kazarian destroyed Max Caster in the rap battle. So, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, Big Swole and Serena Deeb got a submission victory when Swole held Diamante in a high angle clover leaf. And then after that, Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park, listen to me, Jurassic Express <laughs> and the Dark Order was announced for next week, and FTR took issue with that. They have a lot of issues with the dinosaur. Finally, Don Callis and Kenny Omega both provided commentary during the Omega Janela no DQ match. Omega won in 605 with a one-winged angel. But business for the night wasn't done because Pac and the Lucha Brothers came out at the end of the night to remind Kenny that Phoenix never lost in the World Title Eliminator Tournament and that Pac thinks that Phoenix deserves a shot. Don Callis told told Pac that wrestlers don't tell the champion what to do, but Pac said he talked to Tony Khan and the match is going to happen on December 30th. That should be great. That should be great. Yeah, that's going to be a real fun match. Yeah. Okay, so summarize what's, what we have for next week. On NXT, we have Jake Atlas versus Isaiah Swerve Scott. And on NXT, we also have a very Gargano Christmas. So um, hopefully it's a very different Christmas than Brandy and Cody's. But <laughs> It should be real fun, though. This should be fun. They, they Their house episodes are pretty fun. Especially uh, when Indy's going to have the neck brace on. Yes, yes. <laughs> Little stockings with their names on them hung by the fireplace, I'm sure. Yep. Uh, and Theory will make some ridiculous joke. Uh, next week on Dynamite, we have Jurassic Express versus Colt Cabana, 5 and 10. The Young Bucks versus The Acclaimed for the tag titles. Top Flight versus MJF and Jericho. Evil Uno versus Dustin Rhodes. Hikaru Shida will be in action. Pac versus The Butcher. And... Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford will announce their wedding date. So pretty full lineup. I'd like to see NXT announce a couple more matches. I really liked that this week, for the majority of the week, we knew what was we were going to get. And if they're going to compete with Dynamite in any sort of ratings war, I think they need to announce what they're doing. Absolutely. So that is, that is the recaps. John, are you ready for the news? I am. Okay, here we go. Today's news is brought to you by the Body Slam Brigade newsletter, where you can get a weekly recap of the week's top stories authored by me for you for free. Sign up now at bodyslambrigade.com. 
John Impact Wrestling on Access TV drew 177,000 viewers this week. That's down from 221,000 viewers last week, but up from 166,000 two weeks ago. So it looks like they held on to a little bit of audience, but obviously they, you know, they didn't maintain that 221. There was so much excitement about that. So do you think this levels back down to 166, or are we gonna we gotta start seeing it pick up since we have some stuff announced? Well, to be honest with you, I think people are finding it more on Twitch because not a lot of people have access to yeah. So the ratings might not show, but I mean, I, I would take more of a look at the Twitch numbers than anything else. I don't know like what, what those actually are. I think they might only be in the, like the tens of thousands, not in the hundreds. Yeah, but, they were you know, 50,000 for the for last week. I have not seen numbers this week, but 50,000 was 10 times normal. So they grew a lot on that platform. So, right. but uh, yeah, I mean, I, th I think, you know, Kenny Omega clearly means something. And I, the real test is how many people buy that pay-per-view on January 16th. So our truth will be hosting the Slammies next Wednesday at 10 a.m. I No better host, I think, in the company to do that. I think that'll be Absolutely. Yeah. Our <laughs> truth is... Definitely the most entertaining person in the company, you know, not in the ring. Out, outside of the ring, he's definitely the most entertaining person they have. Yes, yes. I, maybe they'll give a Lifetime Achievement Award to his childhood hero. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, two notes about Ring of Honor. Uh, Ring of Honor World Champion Roosh, his contract expires at the end of the month. He faces Brody King tomorrow for the title at Final Battle. Um, I've called on several shows that I think Brody King's going to win. ROH television champion Rue slash Dragon Lee is in a similar situation. And Joe Koff spoke to PW Insider about the situation. And Koff just said, conversations are ongoing. So we'll see if we have champions flip promotions. But, um, you know, those are two very top prospects. Roosh kind of similar to uh, Andrade. They both were the founders of Los Ingobernables in in, uh, in Mexico. So okay. um, we'll see. We'll see. I'm sure they're top prospects anywhere, anywhere they want to go. All right, John. It's that time. Time for uh -oh. trivia. Uh-oh. <laughs> My camera. No, we're good. Okay. Well, I hope you can hold hold Andre close. We're getting ready to go into trivia. Have you stretched? You're all set, ready to roll? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Andre. Today's trivia is brought to you by, by my new book, The Wins and Losses. You can pre-order it now for $10. The price goes to $20 in January. I've tracked over 400 wrestlers from the WWE main roster, NXT, Impact, AEW, and Ring of Honor throughout the year, and the book will have all the 2020 win-loss data I've collected on those wrestlers. So much data, over 1,000 pages. Get it now for 10 bucks at thewinsandlosses.com. All right, John, here we go. Andre the Giant trivia. Let me go ahead and just play this because why not? There will be no survivors. <laughs> All right. Andre the Giant competed in the first six WrestleMania events. What was his record? Was it 6 and 0, 5 and 1, 4 and 2, 2 and 4? 
Now, if you think out loud, there was a double DQ involved there. Okay, so I'm considering that a loss. Okay, so that's one, two, three, three. He is two and four. Two and four. Yes. Damn. Okay. We'll cover. Lost to Hogan, then the double DQ, then the the tag championships, and what was the fourth? Oh, Jake the Snake, son of a B. Okay. Well, there's one you didn't mention there, and that was at the first WrestleMania. Andre the Giant defeated this man in a career versus fifteen thousand dollar body slam match. Was it A. Jake Roberts, B. Special Delivery Jones, C. Big John Stud, or D. The Junkyard Dog? Big John Stud. Andre the Giant slammed Big John Stud at WrestleMania 1. After the match, Andre began distributing money to the fans before Bobby Heenan grabbed the purse and ran away. Okay, one for two. Uh, John Stud returned as a special guest referee in Andre's WrestleMania 5 match. Who was Andre's opponent there? Was it A, Hulk Hogan, B, Jake Roberts, C, Randy Savage, or D, Brutus Beefcake? Jake Roberts. Jake Roberts would defeat Andre by disqualification when Andre attacked Stud. I believe he tried to choke Stud out with his singlet, as Giants tend to do. <laughs> All right, two, four, three. Heading into the back stretch here. Andre the Giant finished his WrestleMania days as a babyface. That's because he turned at WrestleMania six. Who did Andre turn on? Was it A, Haku and Bobby Heenan? B, Rick Rude and Bobby Heenan, C, The Barbarian and Bobby Heenan, or D, Mr. Perfect and Bobby Heenan? Haku and Bobby Heenan. It was Haku and Bobby Heenan in a, in a match against Demolition where they lost the tag titles. Uh, WrestleMania three was potentially the most important event in WWF history. Andre and Hulk Hogan wrestled in the main event, and Hogan would, of course, win the match. Where did the event take place? Was it A, the Pontiac Silverdome, B, Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino, C, the Richfield Coliseum, or D, Madison Square Garden? Um, definitely the Silverdome, 93,123, I believe. Yes, I'm, I'm listening to my, listening to, uh, I think it's Mean Gene. <laughs> <laughs> A new indoor attendance record. Exactly. Oh man, I'm so mad about that first question. I could have gone Hennig if I just really thought about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So which one did you miss? You missed the first the... one. I, I I forgot about the the Jake Roberts thing. Yes. Okay. We didn't talk about WrestleMania two, where Andre won a battle royal, or WrestleMania. We we talked about WrestleMania four, where Andre and Hogan were both disqualified in the tournament. Um, so there you go. That is your Andre the Giant tournament, uh, Andre the Giant trivia you get. There should be an Andre the Giant tournament, though. <laughs> well, we have the Battle Royal at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. So you, uh, you're going to get Asuka today. Congratulations, four for five. Very good. Awesome. All right, so... Let's see. We got one couple more things to do here before we get out. Get out. Um, 
the primetime rundown tune in tomorrow night for episode number 45 of the primetime rundown with joey jarzanka ian schreier and rob deluca they bring you the lotus late lotus latest in the COVID 19 era of big east basketball the nfl and all sports across the country coverage will begin today tomorrow at 6 p.m on all eastern observer outlets and you can catch the primetime rundown on demand through apple and spotify visit the easternobserver.com for details I am tripping over my tongue quite a bit this morning, <laughs> so it's a good thing the show is over. Our show returns next week. John, any parting thoughts? Uh, no, just wish me luck outside. <laughs> yeah, good luck, good luck. And good luck in for your fantasy football this weekend. So we got a cue. Oh, thank uh, you. Yeah, I got to take down my sworn enemy, Al. There you go. And uh, – Look at that. Weird fact about Andre the Giant in WrestleMania 6, he never tagged in. I think Andre was clearly at the back end of his career, and there wasn't much he could do. So that makes sense. Thank you for that comment, Al. All right, we're out of here for John. I'm Ryan. This is the end of the show. See you Monday.